0: Welcome back to another episode of the Full Court Podcast. My name is David, and joining me today to talk all things NBA is my guy Ben and my guy Josh. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? So, since we last spoke, the Jazz, the Sixers, and the Nets were eliminated from the playoffs, while the Clippers, the Hawks, and the Bucks all advanced to the conference finals. So, let's start off today's episode by talking about the Hawks upsetting the Sixers in Game Seven. What are your thoughts on the series? And do you think that it's finally time to end the Simmons and Embiid era in Philly?
1: Um, In my opinion, it's definitely time to end that era. I feel like Sixers fans have been trusting the process for a really long time now. And um, I think we were starting to see their ceiling. Um, the, The Sixers have managed to attain the first seed this season, which has been probably their best regular season that they've ever had. And despite all of that, they still managed to lose to the fifth seed in the second round of the playoffs. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in Philly because I, because I think they could have done so much better. But at the same time, they're being held back by a lot of things. Um, and I and I, I think one of them really might be that duo between Simmons and Embiid. And um, I, I just think it's time to switch it up. But you have to give props to the Hawks because they came in as a huge underdog, um, a team that a lot of people, well, probably nobody thought would be in the position that they're in today. So, um, you know, they played really hard. They played really well for um, four out of these seven games, and they got the job done. So you have to give props to them. But I think if you're the first seed um, and you're losing in the second round and you've never made a conference finals before, I think it's time for a change.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They've needed to change for a while now. But let me just take this time to say I told you so. I believed in the Hawks from the start. I said Hawks in seven after they won game one. And there's just there's just something about that team. They play really hard. I think that, especially on the road, they have so much poise Like for a younger team. They won three games in Philly. And in the last two years, Philly has only lost nine games on their home court. And they lost three in this series alone to Atlanta, which is pretty remarkable. But definitely Philly needs to do something. They cannot keep that this team together, this was their best chance of winning it all. Like, they couldn't get past the Hawks who have one all-star on their team and no other, you know, like, 20-point-per-game guys, really. Like, Ben Simmons actually made the all-star team over Trey Young, too, which is what's really funny. But I think they'll they'll blow it up. They'll do something to help Embiid because, you know, Embiid is their guy. They're going to stick with him. They're going to go elsewhere with probably Simmons, maybe Tobias Harris, although Harris was pretty decent. His contract is crazy right now, and they could probably get players that could fill up his position for a little bit cheaper. I like Seth Curry. He's on a very good contract for them. He's a very good player, but I think Doc Rivers needs to go, even though it's only one season. Doc Rivers, I think David has a, has a stat that he might want to read. But he, I think he's a terrible coach.
0: So, why don't you go ahead and read that stat? Yeah, definitely. So, basically, I was reading an article posted by CBS Sports Headquarters, and they basically said that in the last two seasons, Doc Rivers coached teams are 11 and 5 when having a 16 point lead or more in the postseason. The rest of the NBA is 76 and 3. So, that basically just goes to show that when the going gets tough, Doc Rivers just buckles under pressure. So honestly, I do think in my personal opinion that Doc Rivers can lose his job. And Daryl Morey, he's not scared of making big moves. I definitely do see him moving on from Ben Simmons as well. Because Ben Simmons, in my eyes, he hasn't shown any room for development. He doesn't want to develop as a player. He's not a rookie no more. He's been in the league for over five years. And he's scared of the free throw line. He doesn't shoot three-pointers. He's only good at defending. But he's just not showing that intensity, that he wants to develop and improve his game. So I won't be surprised if Ben Simmons gets traded. He can get traded in six weeks. He can get traded in six months. But sooner rather than later, Ben Simmons will be traded.
2: Hey, remember when people were clowning Heat, the Miami Heat and Heat fans, for not wanting to trade Tower Hero for James Harden? I think it's about time we start clowning some Sixers fans for not wanting to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden
0: straight up. Exactly. But let me just give you a quick recap of how their playoff scenarios went down over the last couple of years. So basically, in 2017 to 2018 season, the Sixers got eliminated from the playoffs by an experienced Boston team. This is completely understandable. That was their first year. The following year, in 2018 to 2019, the Sixers got eliminated by Kawhi Leonard's crazy game winner in Game 7. You're facing Kawhi Leonard. I understand that. You lose to the playoffs it's understandable. Last season, Ben Simmons, he gets surgery on his knee. He has to leave the bubble early. This is also understandable. Injuries do happen. And this season, you lose to a fifth seed Hawks team that had no business of taking you to seven games. And honestly, it's time to move on from him. They made many roster changes as well. They signed Seth Curry. They got Danny Green. Um, they they got Dwight Howard, they got a new coach, and you get bounced in the second round. So they're gonna have to make some big changes.
1: Yeah, th- definitely. Um, and also, I feel like the Sixers just in that Hawk series, they got figured out really easily. Like, even though the Sixers have some good offensive options, it really just came down to if if the guys that if the guys that have the ball in their hands, like Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, mainly if they're missing shots, then the whole Operation pretty much just falls apart. Although the team chemistry during the regular season was good, it just seemed to falter during the playoffs. And and maybe that has to do with the fact that Ben Simmons didn't want to shoot the ball or some of the guys just weren't hitting shots. It was just, it was weird to see from a first seed.
0: What trades would you guys make for Ben Simmons? Because he's probably on the trade block now.
2: I think CJ McCollum trade would be perfect for both teams.
0: But I don't know how
2: you know, if Portland really wants to do that. But if Philly can get CJ McCollum straight up for Ben Simmons, I think they should do that. I think they need, you know, an elite shot-creating guard next to Joel Embiid, and Phil- and Portland's the opposite. It's proven that, you know, Dame and CJ aren't really much of a duo. They kind of are just a my turn, your turn kind of thing where they each take turns, you know, with iso ball, and both of them are terrible defensively. And we've seen Portland, they've committed to getting a bunch of defensive players, but at the end of the day, their defense is bad every year because their two stars and their guards just don't defend well at all. And so I think that if you trade CJ for Ben Simmons and move Norman Powell to the shooting guard spot, I think that team would be very, very good defensively and also decent enough offensively if you have Damian Lillard, obviously, running the show but they would have to commit to Ben Simmons being a power forward. I don't think that Ben Simmons is going to get the opportunity to play point guard again for most teams. I think if he gets traded, it would most likely be to become a power forward unless he's getting traded to, you know, a rebuilding team, a younger team like a Detroit or an Oklahoma City because those teams have picks and young assets that they could trade for him but I can't see him being a point guard in the NBA any longer, unless it's for one of those teams where he becomes a franchise player.
0: Um, yeah, I think that's a possibility that he can get traded to Portland because Ben Simmons, he he's not a liability on the defensive end. He can provide the Trailblazers a defense, but I don't see him going to um, a team that's rebuilding like the Detroit Pistons or even the Rockets or anything like that. I feel like in my personal opinion that – ben simmons he's truly a center i don't think he's a point guard he plays like a center he doesn't shoot any threes and he's just a big body so i, I would personally play him at the uh, at the five but okay let's move on and talk about the Nets series so the milwaukee bucks they beat the nets in seven games at brooklyn the other night and now the milwaukee bucks uh secured a spot in the eastern conference finals so what are your thoughts on that series and Do you think that the Milwaukee Bucks can have a chance at winning it all?
1: I mean, for me personally, I think the Bucks are the favorites to win the championship. I think after beating the Nets, which is is kind of an upset, but if you kind of look at the situation and what the Nets were dealing with and the kind of injuries that they were dealing with, the series became a lot more even once Kyrie goes down and, and James Harden has to play on one leg basically. Um but still though, I still consider it to be an upset. And now that the Nets are out of the equation, obviously the the Lakers are out early. The Sixers are out. I think this is a golden opportunity for the Bucs to win a championship. Um but let's just for one second talk about Kevin Durant who I think completely played his heart out during the series completely put the nets on his back and just carried them had multiple 40 to 50 point games um, was literally one inch away from sending the Milwaukee Bucks home single-handedly, which is, you know, I mean, unfortunately now that's the nature of the game. These kind of things matter if you step on the line, if you step behind it. But at the end of the day, he had a phenomenal performance throughout and, and he was doing so throughout the whole series. So, um, you know, I have, I have respect for Kevin Durant, even though some of his decisions are a little questionable to me. Um He's a phenomenal player, and, and Giannis also played phenomenal. He didn't crack under the pressure, scored 40 points, which is amazing. His whole team showed up in the clutch, even though uh, Middleton and Drew were, were struggling early on in the game. They all showed up. Brooke Lopez showed up with that clutch block, and the Bucks deserved to go through, and they did and, and were able to do so at an away game against the second seed. And now they're lucky enough to, to have home court advantage against a, a, a big underdog, the Hawks, who I think that they'll beat in six games probably, or some, in some amount of games, but they should win. And then uh, and then I think they'll win the finals. So.
2: Yeah, I would like to formally congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks on not only beating the Brooklyn Nets and putting me in endless misery for the second straight series after beating my Miami Heat, but – I would like to congratulate them on winning the NBA championship because I can't see any of these teams beating the Bucks at this stage. I feel like although they barely won that Brooklyn game and series and probably got very very lucky that A Durant didn't step, that Durant stepped on the line and B James Harden was playing on a grade two hamstring strain and Kyrie Irving didn't play at all. I think that really, you know, influenced the series a lot. And that just shows you how good Durant is that he could carry, you know, he could carry a team whose second-best player is a washed-up Blake Griffin to almost beating Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee has one glaring issue, and it has nothing to do with the way that they play. It's the fact that their difference between home and away is like night and day. Like, when they're at home, they're clicking, whatever. But for some reason, when they're away from home, they just can't score at all. Like we saw they got absolutely destroyed games one and two against Brooklyn. We saw game five, they choked a huge lead and lost to Kevin Durant single-handedly. In game seven, they almost did the exact same thing again. They got very lucky with a couple questionable calls down the stretch and that Kevin Durant stepped on the line and that Joe Harris turned into Ben Simmons. But I think that they're going to have to start winning some road games because they're playing the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Hawks have proven that they can win road games. Out of their eight playoff wins so far, five of them have been on the road. They've won both of their game ones on the road, and both of their series-clinching wins have been on the road. So they're no joke. I think they can easily steal one of the first two games in Milwaukee, and it will be up to Milwaukee to take care of their business at home and then also show up on the road. Because if they continue their road problems, Atlanta's going to win the series. Because I can guarantee Atlanta's going to win one of these games
0: in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But honestly, in my opinion, I felt like the Nets, they lost the series because of injuries, number one. And number two, because of Joe Harris. He was putting up single digits throughout the series. He was having an awful series against the Bucks. And give some respect to Blake Griffin. He had a great Game 7 he put up 17 points, 11 boards. He, he isn't a washed player. I, I wouldn't classify him as washed, but I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are probably going to make it to the finals. But I do have to disagree with Josh. I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. If the Phoenix Suns are able to make it to the finals, I'm still going to choose Phoenix. I feel like they're more consistent. They have a better offensive team. And overall, um, I just have Phoenix winning it all. But what do you guys think about big men in the league on the free throw line? Because... We know that big men, they're not the greatest shooter, but would you guys say that it's better for them to change their shooting mechanics at the free throw line, like maybe going granny style or something like that?
1: I mean, I, I think that a lot of big men in the, in the NBA have been able to sh- uh, become good shooters at the free throw line. You have a lot of bigs like Jokic, Embiid, um and, and even par- more. In,
0: in particular, Giannis and Simmons and, and other guys that don't shoot well.
1: I mean... I'm not sure about an underhand shot because, like, I don't know how effective that is in general. But maybe, like, like changing, like, your form in, in, in some regard could help. Honestly, I'm not too sure. I think that's more like a case-by-case, like, uh, thing that, that you have to look at each individual and see what works for them. But um, maybe because if you have guys like like Simmons that can't shoot, like, in-game, then maybe it would help to to figure something out. When you're at the free when you're at the free throw line and you have nobody guarding you to figure out to figure out the best way to to put the ball in the basket.
2: I mean, yeah, like Ben said, it's kind of a case by case thing. But honestly, most of the guys that struggle at the free throw line, like a Ben Simmons or a Giannis, or like even like an Andre Drummond, are usually guys that can't shoot like very well in general. It's not just a free throw thing. So I don't think they need to change like a free throw routine or mechanics or anything. Like, there just comes to a point where you have to accept that these guys just really can't shoot very well.
0: But we saw that throughout the playoffs, like, teams would hunt down Ben Simmons or they would hunt down Giannis, and they would purposefully foul them. And they would miss. They would go 0-2, 1-2, for 0-2. And it's very important, especially if the game is tight and coming down to the wire, that your star players are getting you buckets. So I personally feel like even though it's kind of embarrassing to shoot in that form of way... If you get a bucket, you get a bucket. So they should change their mechanics a little bit uh, on the free throw line. In my opinion, I felt like Kevin Durant, he had a great series. He did all that he can for the Brooklyn Nets. He put up 49 in game five, which I predicted. I thought he would go for 50. He went for 49. He went for 48 in game seven. He had one heck of a season, and that's why I classify him as the best player in the world. And I don't think no one can argue that. He is the best player in the world right now. As of this moment, he is the best player. So if anyone else wants to say different, you're lying to yourself.
1: I mean, it's it's still LeBron, but it's fine. No problem.
2: It's not LeBron. Can I just say, this season is a fluke. Like, like look, you know how people are saying the bubble was a fluke? And I don't want to say this because I'm a Heat fan, and I guess Ben probably doesn't want to hear this too because, like, he's a LeBron fan, I guess. I'm not a LeBron fan,
1: but I understand. Like,
2: Like, everyone's saying the bubble was a fluke. I don't think it was a fluke in the sense that nearly every team was completely healthy. You just put all the teams together in a bubble. What makes it a fluke? There's literally no advantages for either team. I agree. There's no home court. There's no distractions. There's no traveling. There's no ref bias. Like, I honestly thought that the bubble was completely fair, and it just filtered out which teams had the best winning mentality, which teams were the mentally toughest, you know. And I honestly think, and I don't want to sound biased because I'm a Heat fan, but I honestly think that the best team from the Eastern Conference made it to the finals, and the best team from the Western Conference made it to the finals. The only thing that ruined the finals was, honestly, like the injuries, I think that Jimmy Butler carried the Heat, sent them all the way to six games against the Lakers by himself because he didn't have their second or third best players for the entire series. In Bam and Dragic, they both got hurt in Game One, and I honestly think that that ruined the NBA Finals. But in terms of the bubble in general, it was not a fluke at all because everybody was healthy, no distractions, there was no, there were no advantages for any team, and I feel like that really just filtered out which teams were actually the best and then you go to this season like we think about it Trey Young Chris Paul Paul George or Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to walk away with their first NBA championship in what world is LeBron Steph Curry KD Kawhi one of those guys not in the NBA finals
0: a lot of great players in today's league most of them had shortened off seasons so that's why they didn't make a deep run into the finals. We saw players get injured because of the short and offseason.
2: I truly believe that if the offseason was full and, you know, the season was completely normal with no injuries and all that, I think that there would have been a Nets-Lakers finals, or if the Nets did have those injuries again, then it would have been a Heat-Lakers finals again.
0: Let's take a quick break, and when we return, we'll talk more about the NBA.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the second half of the full court podcast. In the second half of today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Jazz Clippers series, the Suns and Clippers conference finals, and the trade that sent Kemba Walker to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So what do you guys make of the ending of the Jazz and Clippers series? I
2: I picked originally Clippers in seven. I didn't think they'd get the job done in six. I also didn't think Kawhi would go down. But with that being said, the Utah Jazz, I mean, the in general, these playoffs, the basketball gods are, like, literally handing these, like, these gimmies to teams like Utah and Philadelphia, and they still can't capitalize. It's crazy that both one seeds got eliminated in just the second round of the playoffs by lesser opponents. Like, Terrence Mann had almost 40 points, and he's a guy who... Is only in the starting lineup because Kawhi Leonard was out. Like Terrence Mann played one minute in the game before. In in game four, I think, he played like one minute. And you guys let him score like 40 points. And they made Rudy Gobert look like the worst defender on the court, even though he won defensive player of the year. It wasn't even – you have to give the Clippers credit. Like they played with so much heart, especially coming back from 25 points down in the third quarter. But I think this is more on Utah just being frauds than, you know, the Clippers being, you know, like very good. I feel like the Clippers are solid and they will continue to be solid and they'll put up a good fight against the Suns and maybe beat them. But this is a hundred percent more about Utah choking and I know that they weren't a hundred percent either. Like Mike Conley just came back and Donovan Mitchell was playing on a terrible ankle. But they had game five at home. They had a pretty decent halftime lead in Game 5, and they lost that. And then Game 6 in Los Angeles, they're up by 25 points in the third quarter, and they still somehow can't win that game. Once the Clippers started coming back, it just felt like they would win that game. There was no chance for Utah. And I don't know. They, they got to do something this offseason because clearly they, they need a second star who can actually score points, unlike Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a liability on the offensive end. But honestly, I have to give props to the Clippers. The Clippers went small most of the series, and that really affected Utah. They forced Rudy Gobert to defend from the three-point line, and they sucked him out from the paint. But overall, I have to give credit to where credit is due in Paul George. um, We can't call him Pandemic P no more. We should call him Vaccinated P because he's playing really well without Kawhi Leonard. Um, He's been dropping big numbers, 28, 33, 35, and he's been stepping it up. So I have to give props to Paul George and Terrence Mann too. Terrence Mann is a rookie, dropped to almost 40 points the other night against the Utah Jazz, and they're playing really well. But I still have the Suns winning the series in six games. Um, I think that Chris Paul, when he's gonna come back, he's gonna give them that extra leadership, um, that mentality, so I'm still going to stick with the Suns, but I do have to give credit to where credit is due in saying that the Clippers are playing great basketball.
1: Right. Um, I think the Clippers have been doing well, as both of you guys said. Uh, you can't take anything away from the Clippers. But uh, I also want to give some major props to Donovan Mitchell because he had an absolutely amazing series despite being the first seed and losing. He, he really played well. Even in that game, uh, game six, he dropped, I think, 37 points, which is pretty crazy. But considering he was like kind of sold by a lot of his team um you know what it's not really his fault because a, a lot of people on, on the jazz just didn't really show up obviously they made rudy gobert look really foolish on the defensive end a lot of the other guys weren't hitting shots and maybe it was a mistake to put mike Conley in the game coming off of an injury in in a in a winner go home game um considering that's like that's a big um if as to to whether or not he'll perform at that high level that's required of a starting point guard in a playoff game. So I would have maybe had Mike Conley come off the bench for that game, and if the Jazz won, ease ease his way back into that starting role because, obviously, he didn't play well. So that was a big risk they took in, and and it didn't pay off. But, you know, you have to give credit to the Clippers because, obviously, Paul George, he proved his haters wrong, and he played really well. Terrence Mann played well. Reggie Jackson's actually really good. And he's been really freaking consistent, dropping over 20 each game. And um, I agree. I think that the Clippers will put up a good fight against the Suns. It's going to be tough for them to win because the Suns are such a seasoned team. And if they're winning without Chris Paul, it's going to be difficult for them to even steal a game. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, well, you know, you have to give props to the Clippers because they, they did really well.
0: What's your prediction?
1: My prediction? I would say the Suns are going to win probably in six games. I, I think that was yours, too, but I think that's just the most reasonable one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Josh, what's your prediction?
2: I'm guaranteeing that the series goes to six or seven. My guess would be Suns in seven, but I would not be surprised at all if the Clippers take it in seven. I think that they've proven that you know any kind of deficit doesn't really matter to them. Like They could come back from anything. But I think it's going to be like, kind of like the Denver Nuggets in the bubble. Do you guys remember when the Nuggets came back from down 3-1 in two consecutive series? And then in the Western Conference Finals, they were down 3-1 to again to the Lakers. And everybody thought that there was a chance that the Nuggets could do it again. I think the Clippers, I think they're going to go down 0-2. They're going to lose uh, tomorrow night. They're going to lose Game 2 to Phoenix. And they're going to go down 0-2. And people are going to think that the Clippers might be able to do it again. But they're going to fall short in in the conference finals, just like the Nuggets did. I I would say Suns in six or seven.
0: Yeah, especially if Kawhi Leonard doesn't return um, in games three or four, that could be a really big problem. Because you're going to need Reggie Jackson to keep performing at that high level. But okay, let's move on and talk about the Kemba trade. We got news that Kemba Walker is now headed to Oklahoma City Thunder. So what do you guys think about that trade? Because in my personal opinion, at first, I didn't like the trade because I'm like, oh, Kemba Walker, he's going to OKC. But now I'm thinking about it. And honestly, I think that Brad Stevens did a great job in trading Kemba Walker because he has a massive contract that he got uh, out of Boston. And now I think the OKC, they got a first-round pick out of that. So what are your thoughts on that trade?
1: Um, You know what? I feel like maybe it's a a pretty good move for Boston because – They were figuring out a way to to get Kemba out of there. So they managed to do it. And uh, you know what? Al Horford and Moses Brown are both pretty decent assets. Um, And I think they got some other stuff as well, but those two guys are pretty decent. Um, And you know what? I was speaking to a friend of mine. He told me that he thinks that Kemba Walker might even be traded from the Thunder, which is actually possible because I feel like maybe the Thunder are looking for more picks than star players at the moment. Although Kemba could be a good uh, a good mentor for SGA and uh, kind of teach him the ropes on how to be a good guard, even though he already is, obviously he he, he can only bring a, a good amount of knowledge to the table. And obviously Kemba Walker is still a great player. So if the Thunder are looking to make a playoff push, he's definitely gonna help, but I, I doubt that they are so early into their rebuilding process. So I wouldn't be surprised that if Kemba even gets traded again,
2: yeah, I think they're going to keep him for probably the first half of the season. They're going to start him. They're probably, honestly, the Thunder might win a few games with a with a lineup. One healthy, if you have a healthy Kemba Walker with SGA, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and then whoever they want to start at center, I have no idea who's on that team. Maybe Tony Bradley is their best center right now. I have no idea. I don't pay attention closely to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But they have they have a competitive enough lineup where they're going to win some games. And Kemba Walker's probably going to show out and average at least like 23, 24 points a game. He's going to play big minutes probably. And they're just going to get his trade value back up so that they could trade him at the deadline or in the offseason to a contender, hopefully. I think a team like the Lakers could really use a Kemba Walker because they need another point guard playmaker, and Dennis Schroeder is not that guy at all. But Kemba Walker's contract is a big issue, and I think Oklahoma City absolutely, uh, they they did a very good job in this trade because they got another first-round pick, and they got a decent player in Kemba Walker who they're going to end up trading for probably another first-round pick. So they're just being compensated to take on contract, which is smart for them Sam Presti's doing a great job but a lot of people really like this move for the Celtics and I'm not the biggest fan of it I know Kemba Walker didn't really fit with that team and his contract was bad but like Al Horford and Moses Brown is that really the best you can get for a guy who was an all-star last season like Kemba Walker's contract is bad but Al Horford's contract might be worse like, Kemba, Kemba makes some more money, yes, but Al Horford is not deserving of a $30 million contract.
0: He is a five-time All-Star, and honestly, he never wanted to leave Boston, so in an interview, they said... Well, he did
2: you-? leave Boston. He signed a contract with Philly, their right, rival. For,
0: for money purposes, but now he's happy to be back at Boston. He he never wanted to leave. He just left because of the money issues, all right, that's going to conclude today's episode of the Full Core Podcast. Once again, thank you guys f- for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you go follow us on the gram, the Full Core Podcast. Um, we're going to be uploading next week probably, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. 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 Peace.